Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thudder's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Uh, we're coming to you from my hotel room as we just got back from the stadium, Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Just got back from a long bus ride, a long bus wait, a long-ass press conference. You know, so we sent this in for you guys so you'd have something new for tomorrow. Tomorrow. And um, yeah, just got back from Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia as Errol Spence dominated him, shut out performance, unanimous decision, won every round on all the scorecards. One judge even gave him a 10 8. And uh, yeah, did I think what a lot of people thought going into this matchup that he would do, that his size would be too big, that he'd be too strong for Mikey Garcia, who was coming up two weight classes. So you admire the courage in that to go find a big fight. Uh, that was certainly admirable from Mikey, but he really just had nothing for him. I think that was uh, the big thing you take away from the matchup is not just that it was not just that it was a case of size, but just you know, quite frankly, Errol Spence outskilled him, outskilled him, outclassed him. He was the better boxer. He was the better master of distance. He threw the, the better shots, the more damaging shots. He, he just he punished him, man. It wasn't it wasn't a close fight. It wasn't a enjoyable fight to watch live because you felt like uh, you were watching a bludgeoning that Mikey Garcia was getting punished out there and didn't really feel like a guy who had a lot of answers. So um, where does he go from here? You know, at the post-fight press conference, he did say that he wants the Lomachenko fight. I think from my standpoint, that's uh, the best way to go if you're looking for the next big fight. I think everybody obviously wants to see that. Maybe you test the weight cut because you're jumping up two weight classes. You know, I was on the on the bus ride home, and actually, it was kind of funny because you know you're in there with a lot of these boxing types, and they all think they're you know holier than thou when it comes to the sweet science. And, you know, I'm not uh, uh, this press conference they were at. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty it was pretty awful with some of the mindless questions they were getting. But there was this one dude who was kind of a sweet old man, and uh, he had been covering Mikey for. Uh, decades it seemed like and he actually was the one to flat out just say the guy you know what i saw tonight i saw a guy who wasn't a welterweight and i told your brother that you years ago you should just never fight at welterweight and that you look lethargic and that you look like a guy who ballooned up and didn't have your speed and a lot of people were making fun of that guy but i thought he was pretty spot on with his Analysis of a fighter he's been following for a long time. Mikey just looked like a fish out of water. Um, I think he was also taking on a better fighter. I think that was proven tonight. Um, the one thing I think will be interesting with Errol Spence is he, uh, you know, he wants this mantle of being the new face of boxing, and it was a cool moment because he talked about this in the uh, in the lead up to the fight that he wants to take the mantle of Floyd Mayweather 
And one of the cool things about tonight was it was a it was a star studded event. Like there was no doubt about that. There were a ton of people who were there as far as big time fighters. Manny Pacquiao was in the building. Deontay Wilder was in the building. Evander Holyfield, of course, Lennox Lewis was on the call. Uh, Roberto Duran. You had uh, Ray Boom Boom Mancini on the call, and Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather was there. And he, I think, promotes Jay Jay Leon Love, who had a pretty rough performance in the co-main event. Um, Very, I wouldn't say it was a bad undercard, but it was just... I don't feel like we Benavidez was I think one of the big uh, the big bright spots of it, but it looked like he was fighting a shot guy or a guy that he pretty much demolished in the first round. I don't know if you you, you gain a lot else from it, and I'll get into what I was doing during a lot of the undercard a little bit later. But um, you know, there was this cool moment where Errol is in the ring. And Floyd is in the ring because they're killing time. And the bit, there's just one point. They're just trying to kill time for pay-per-views. So they just put Jerry Jones in the ring. He's like, hey, I'm Jerry Jones. And I got Dak Prescott in here. Yeah. And he brings, uh, and then Floyd Mayweather comes in there. And he's hanging out with Leonard Ellerby. And just chilling. And Floyd never leaves. Like, everybody else leaves. And then the main event starts. And they have these huge, cool entrances where... You know, you have uh, you have Mikey Garcia has the has the mariachi, and then you have Errol Spence has the local marching band, and it was just a cool moment. But Floyd never leaves the ring, so Floyd is there for Errol to come into the ring, and they had a little bit of a moment beforehand, and it was almost like a. I hate the term passing of the torch. I feel like that's used too much, but you could just see like it. It was a moment, like it was just a moment where you could just see, hey. You know, maybe maybe you can be on the stage, kid, and I think that would be pretty cool if he if he does. But the thing that was interesting about it is, you know, he opened up the press conference today after his victory, and you know, we talked a lot about a lot about the doubters, and he talked a lot about uh, all that stuff. But I found interesting how he said how annoying it was to do all the press. And it's not a unique thing, but it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just so low key. I'm used to going through my fight week, and that's it. But and, you know, I, I could tell you, being here this week in Dallas, like everything is far away from each other. You got to take a 20 minute bus ride, or I had to rent a car, which was a surprise on my standpoint. I did not know that was going to happen. Uh, so you got to take a, a ride to Jerry's World, and a ride to the airport, and a ride to restaurants. Everything is far away at Dallas. Um, so I can imagine being a fighter from Dallas with everybody already wanting your time, that being a pain in the ass. So he uh, he talked about that. But, you know, for a guy who isn't, who isn't self-described as comfortable in front of a microphone, I thought he, he mastered a hell of a press conference. Like I thought he, I thought he waxed poetic pretty great on everything. I thought he held himself as uh, confident but not a bleep hole. And a pretty charismatic dude, you know. Like I've only seen Errol in like his little, really his little hits uh, on Showtime, and I've seen some short pieces on him. But you know, just getting to, I was, you know, we were there for did a twenty minute press conference with the guy, and um, I was impressed by that. I was very impressed by that, and I thought, you know. That is, you know, maybe he can handle that top mantle. You know, maybe maybe he can be the guy uh, because you got two guys there at welterweight right now, and Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, and uh, 
neither one of them was braggadocious. That's the one thing with the Floyd Mayweather. That's the secret sauce of the Floyd Mayweather male that nobody ever wants to talk about is, yeah, everybody wants to be the next Floyd Mayweather. How do you get people to hate you? Because that's 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 the trick, you know. Floyd Mayweather ran this this uh, this shell game for years of getting people to fork over their money to try and see him lose. Um, Errol's a really likable dude. I don't know who's going to be able to do that. He is doing some funny stuff on Twitter where like uh, Oscar De La Hoya was trying to recruit him to the zone, and he uh, he tweets he tweeted out, uh, "You don't treat black fighters well, brother. Everyone knows that." And so shutting him down there, uh, he was like going at George Foreman. George was like, oh, that show was wrong about that Errol Spence. And he goes, you said Mikey Garcia would beat me nine times out of ten, brother. Um, so he's doing some funny stuff on Twitter, man. It's uh, He's an interesting cat, and it was cool getting to be around the coverage of him this week. I'm looking forward to what's next for him. He did call out Manny Pacquiao afterwards. And... Obviously, a big fight in terms of uh, what's it called? Uh, I guess passing of the. I, I don't I hate that term again. It's a big fight in terms of he's going to get the rub of taking on a legend. Um, I don't know how interested I am in that. You know, I came out of that last fight with uh, Adrian Broner of Manny Pacquiao. It was the least interested afterwards. I was like, I don't know how much I, I Manny Pacquiao for for. For context to this, Manny's been always one of my favorite fighters, maybe my favorite fighter of all time to watch. I love Manny Pacquiao. It's like Manny Pacquiao, Roy Jones. These are these are you know some of my icons. I love these guys. And I came out of that Adrian Broner fight, and I was like, I don't know how much more I want to see him do this because I didn't think you know he won. He won convincingly, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like this spectacular thing. And once he got the, the, once he got to that point of, hey, I got this thing locked away, took his foot off the pedal, and and uh, you know, it's kind of been the same guy he's been for a long time. Where he uh, he knows he has a guy beat, and that's good enough. Errol, uh, a couple things. One, I don't think he can beat Errol. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think the guy I saw tonight. Um, I don't. I don't think a forty-year-old Manny Pacquiao beats that guy. Um, I don't know how he gets inside that range to deliver the punishment. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say he's probably a, a little bit more used to welterweight, so he could get there where the difference is that he could deliver that Mikey Garcia couldn't is more natural to the weight class, obviously a stronger puncher, not a guy who knocks people dead, but he does knock them on their ass. Um, all action, not, not orthodox. Uh, I, well, obviously he's a Southpaw, but I mean, not cookie cutter. Like he comes from a lot of different angles. So from that standpoint, um, he presents some different challenges, but you know, whether it be Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford or Keith Thurman, um, you know, I think Keith's probably on the bottom of those three. So I like Manny's chances the best, but I do think that Errol and Terrence are definitely the, the creme de la creme at 147. And I, you know, it feels like if you're putting Manny on uh, out for that fight, you know, you're putting him on a platter. And I think Errol even referred to it today as going to give him that retirement check. And you kind of just shrug your shoulders like, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, I, I love, I love Manny, but I just, I don't know if he's, if he's got that in him anymore to, 
to go. And, you know, an interesting, like, if you want to do a big time fight, like, you know, him versus Mikey at 140 would be interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I get Errol Spence wanting to go get the big payday. Um, obviously, the Terrence Crawford thing doesn't look like it's anywhere close to having. That was one thing that was infuriating. Um, you know, that press conference was not from Errol Spence's standpoint, but the promoter's standpoint. You know, just full of excuses of why the fight fans want to see isn't happening. And this is the thing that, that upset me the most about it was... You know, oh, it was uh, Richard Schaefer who was doing the press conference, and he goes, well, hardcore fans want to see that, but I think there's a lot of matches we can make for other people for the time being. It's just like what you're doing there is you're trying to trick the, the public, and which, you know, boxing does a lot of this. They trick the public, and they try and make people think, why this matchup makes more sense than the other stuff happened with Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather it's happening right now with the heavyweight division and lo and behold what it really comes down to is look we don't want to make this fight because we don't want to share the pie with the other people and that really should just always be the answer and that's it but you got to realize like the people your your boxing fans and your your hardcore fans they're the ones who are going to be spreading the news to the mass public this is the fight you want to see so i found that really infuriating to hear um because we we do have to know we we have to know between errol spence and terrence crawford who is the number one fighter in the world who is the best guy this has been the most celebrated division now for what are we talking uh a decade you know, since since Floyd beat Oscar De La Hoya, this this one forty seven has been cherished, and so that mantle means something. And you have two guys who they can't seem to get to each other because of promotional issues. So that's uh, that's something to look out for with this bout. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get into what I was most excited about yesterday, and that was UFC London, Miami's own Jorge Masvidal knocking out Darren Till. That's next on Fighters Fury. Welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. I'm live from Dallas. I'm recorded from Dallas. If we're going to be more technical, I'm probably somewhere uh, in the midst of returning my rental car while you guys are listening to this. And... Um, you know, on my way back to South Florida, so I could be doing radio shows for you guys on Monday. So, um, one of the exciting things, so I'm at AT&T Stadium, right? And the, first of all, this AT&T Stadium is incredible. It is, that screen, it, I don't care what they say about, uh, you know, some people have bigger screens or larger screens. or This thing is so front and center at the stadium with uh with it just being above and in the middle it, it, it take it, it, i'm telling you it takes your breath away like you can't you can't help but focus on it it makes it very it makes it very distracting to watch fights because it just takes over the whole place because you're watching these guys above you to, to give you guys a picture like the ring i was row 17 or something like that but i'm still like a good 30 yards away from the ring um you know which aren't terrible seats it's probably about the same distance i'd watch from the hard rock uh you know i usually watch basically from the back of seating but on the lowest level so 
But the thing is, you have this giant titan tron above you so the guys just look so crisp and clean and you see everything and it, it's so bleep and massive it's crazy so you, you try and pay attention to the fights but it's rough it's 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 uh you get distracted but um you know they, they have i got there at three o'clock yesterday three o'clock central time so four o'clock eastern and there there you know there were already a, a bunch of fights that were going down and i wanted to watch ufc london so i had the uh, i had the old ipad there cranked it up hooked up to the old boxing press uh, wi-fi and we were watching ourselves some ufc london and we had to watch this because jorge masvidal one of our favorites miami zone game bread 305 till he dies born and bred right down here in South Florida, um, he was in the main event. He was fighting Darren Till in Darren Till City in London. It was a monster fight. He's taking on the number three guy in the world. Jorge hasn't fought in a while. He's been doing reality TV. He took some time off, but mind you, this is one of the baddest men on the planet, the realest dudes on the planet. And that's why we love him. That's why we love him. That's why he's a show favorite. He's a station favorite. Shout out to Jorge for rocking the seven eye and the ticket t shirt. Um, but he's just, yeah, he's one of the best. We love, we love Warrior Masvidal. He takes on Darren Till, who is no joke. Look, I've, uh, I've called Darren Till before, Microwave McGregor, and they're just, they're kind of hoping to go in that mold of cocky Euro, cool way of speaking, knockout power, hoping that he's going to be the next McGregor. Understandable. If it worked once, you hope it works again. Um, but I do feel like that's been, uh, they've rushed him a lot more than, than Connor. Connor was a lot more organic than people think it was. And, but, but mind you, he's still a dangerous fighter. He knocks dudes out. He's very, very strong. He put Wonder Boy on his ass. He crushed Donald Cerrone and he comes out of the gate. The fight starts very, very odd. So the fight starts. Oh, Jorge Masvidal comes out, guns blazing, kicks, going for the solar plex, hits uh, Darren Till right in the nuts, just crushes him. So that's always an awkward start. You you know you're hoping to start this fight in a in a melee, really hard, high intense, and the fight has to stop until the guy gra- gathers his breath from getting his his jewels crushed. Um, and then you, uh, so then they restart, and Darren Till, I mean, he drops the hammer on Jorge Masvidal. Big left hand. Jorge gets dropped immediately. He's yelling something to Darren Till. He's trying to cover up, trying to get his uh, his wits about him and get and get scrambled up. But he ends up he ends up getting good. Darren Till takes him down again. You know he's really imposing his his physicality, his will. You know, but but but, but Masvidal is 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 holding his own. He's hitting these nasty kicks. And by the by the time the, the round ends, he even hits him with a two piece, and it's uh it, it, he's he's definitely. Settled the storm, and the second round starts. And till not not really finding that range yet, not really finding that shot. And Jorge's kind of just peppering him, peppering him with these kicks, kicks to the body, very bothersome for him. Uh, you know, in and out with combinations. He's definitely the faster guy by a long shot in this fight, and. Then at at appropriately three o five of the round, 
he hits him with this with this combination from hell, and Jorge goes uh, and Darren Till goes down in a heap, devastating knockout in his hometown. Jorge Masvidal pulls the upset off. Everybody is just you know stunned in the O2 Arena. This is their guy. They're all singing Sweet Caroline. They're all jovial. And the old wily veteran of, of years just knocked him out. Crazy. Crazy. So you felt incredibly good for him afterwards. Calls for a title shot. Uh, he, he, this is the one thing I like about George, man. The, you know, it's not just the fact that he is an absolute badass and then he just represents the sport well um and we'll get to the incident afterwards because i know what about what after tobin um he just represents the sports well because you know in that moment he should be basking in it and he does get his title shot call but also he lifts up a guy who's at his lowest i mean darren till uh you know i've never been the biggest darren till fan but i felt absolutely miserable for him because He's just, you can just tell he's crushed. He thought that, all right, lost the title shot, just a bump in the road, no biggie. But now, you know, I lost to this, uh, you know, I lost to this guy. You know, and George has always kind of been looked upon as, I don't want to say if gatekeeper is the right word, but but he's not looked upon. You know, George has never been the guy that they just throw in the title picture. He's had to earn everything that he gets. And so, you know, you just tell Darren is just is beside himself and he calls him, uh, he says, you know, you know, one day he's, uh, you know, you got to lift him up. You know, one day he's going to be a tiger. Right now he's a young bull. I just thought it was a really cool thing for George to do, man. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really, really cool moment for him. And uh, showed a lot of class. Showed a lot of class. So we had that. And then afterwards, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the post-fight press conference, he is... It's not even a press conference. He's talking to ESPN. I forget the reporter's name, but Leon Edwards, who won the co-main event, he beat Gunnar Nelson, and uh, you know won a, won, a, won a good fight against him. It was uh, you know, and he was upset. He thought he should have been in the main event, and he called out for the main event winner, whoever was Darren Till or Jorge Masvidal. So that was his call out. And I, he was chirping something at Jorge, and I haven't been able to. See, I've been busy tonight, so I haven't been able to see his interview with Brett Okamoto. But he uh, he he was chirping at George, and George beelines off the interview, and he hits him with a bah, 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 hits him with a with a four piece. I believe what he uh, he referred to it as was a three piece and a soda. And Leon Edwards' eye is cut, and. Masvidal has to leave, and then people are contemplating: Are they going to, you know, are they going to press charges on him? This is what I'll say, though. Like Leon Edwards, what did he expect? Like you know, George is as real as it gets. You know that he is not a guy who plays. There's there's people who who talk a big game and they, and they do it in the cage, and but there are people who fight you in the street. And Jorge Masvidal is made in the streets of Miami. And so the fact that you're going to go and spout off and think that you're not going to get repercussions, like, look, I guess in an ideal world, if we're talking about businessmen, yeah, that's not how you do things, but you guys are cage fighters. And if you're cage fighters and you're looking for a fight, better protect yourself at all times. And so he, uh, he got himself, he got himself a nice, nice cut, a nice little gash at his, uh, at his eye. And so, uh, 
we'll see what the the fallout of this is. The interesting thing, though, is you know George calling out the title shot. Okay, well, what's next for George? Obviously, the Leon Edwards thing has legs now because of this. That's going to be a very buzzworthy fight. Um, but if we really are to look at this, if we're really to look at the the title picture shot right now. You know, Colby obviously has a stake to the claim. He was the interim champion, hasn't fought anybody since winning the interim belt. Um, also has a lot of heat with Kamara Usman, hates Kamara Usman. Um, Kamara Usman hates him. Seems like there'd be a natural fit there. Um, you have the Woodley rematch. You could always do that. Askren and MF Heat. But interestingly enough, Ali Abdelaziz, his manager, they spoke to ESPN and says that George is the guy they want. Now, I'm as biased it gets, as biased as it gets with this. I would love Jorge Masvidal to get a title shot. You give George Masvidal a title shot any day of the week. I'm in. There doesn't have to be an explanation for it. Let's do this thing. You have the crosstown rivalry, which will be a big deal. Clash of Styles, which would be a fun matchup. Um, and George, just the realness of him, I think, sells the best. It's not the, it's not built on the WWE-ness of a Kobe Covington fight. And it's not even to say Kobe doesn't deserve his title shot. He does deserve his title shot. Um, but Kobe has been sitting on the sidelines. He was offered this fight for Darren Till. He did not take it. George did. And... You know, I, I do think that having that freshness matters. It's how Kamara Usman got in the position that he did. So um, I, I, I think that if Colby gets it, fine. I'm, I'm cool with that, although I would say that his storyline needs a little bit of rekindling. It does need a new burn to it, uh, even with the Dana White stuff and all that. He, we need to see him back in the, in the cage. Um, and with, with Masvidal, I mean, the last time we saw him in the cage, he just flatlined the number three ranked guy in the world in his own city, stunning an entire nation. So I think that speaks for itself as far as how good that guy is and what he deserves. And I'd be all for him getting a track, getting him of, of, of all the, the battles he's been through and all the promotions and all the fights, um, you know, I know he had two losses before this. So what? We've seen we've seen wackier stuff get to title shots. I'd be all for Jorge Masvidal getting himself a crack at welterweight gold and seeing if he could beat Kamara Usman. Sign me up for that. We'll be back with Fighters Fury after this. Guys, Fighters Fury here, final segment of the show. Uh, thanks to everybody for dealing with today's show. I know it's a little bit uh, weird audio-wise because not in studio. Uh, we're doing this from my Dallas hotel room. But, um, yeah, so we had UFC London that went down this past yesterday. Uh, that was fun. One of the big uh, storylines also, you had Ben Askren there. And, you know, uh, let me speak freely on Ben Askren, who I like, but I do, I do, I do think we need to chill on Ben Askren a little bit too, because you know he, he kind of feels like uh, you know if you have anything bad to say about uh, Ben Askren, you're not down with the MMA. You don't really know because he's he's the guy, who, he's the champ that never got to be champ. He never got his chance. I love Ben Askren um, from the standpoint of. I love how he's attacking Dana White. He uh, he's got a, he's got a fun personality. I've had him on the show before. He's a good dude. But but I will say this: he he misstepped. He's normally a, a fantastic fight promoter, 
he did misstep here when it comes to the Masvidal Till thing because he put all of his eggs in the Darren Till basket. That's what he went over there for. He went over there to fight Darren Till. He wanted to get the fight with Darren Till. He thought Darren Till was going to win. And now he wants to go into the, oh, you know, George is attacking Leon Edwards so he doesn't have to fight me. It's like, well... No, you missed up and you thought the guy wasn't going to win. So that's got no heat now. And so, and so where does he go from here? He's, he seems a little bit of a miss. And this is the one thing I'll say. <clears throat> if he doesn't really know who he should go with right now, and it's not going to be Kamara Usman for the title, a guy he does have heat with, I mean, shouldn't the answer be that he has to fight Robbie Lawler? Like, it seems pretty simple. Like, if he doesn't have one of these clear-cut, Fighters that he can go out there and agitate, he should go fight the guy that he had a controversial ending against. I know that he doesn't want to do that matchup, and he been, otherwise go fight Darren Till. I mean, who you know, Darren Till's you might want to get in there with a guy who's not going to knock him out. I mean, there might be three straight losses for Darren Till, and that's that's bad news for him. But you know, still go do the Darren Till fight. It may not lead to a title shot anymore, but. Uh, I thought that was interesting that that a guy who normally has the answers for everything, he seemed a little bit flummoxed and uh, and perplexed about what's going to happen with this whole new situation, as far as his uh, his whole deal. <clears throat> Some of the news that went down this week at uh, at Dallas, we had Deontay Wilder who was in the building for this fight this week, and he apparently had negotiations with DAZN and those don't look like they went fantastic. There was a report that they offered him a hundred million dollar deal where twenty million to fight this upcoming fight with Dominic Brazil and then forty for two fights with AJ. And apparently the word is he's not going to go to zone and that he has some big announcement coming up on Tuesday about where he's going to be fighting Dominic Brazil. I assume it's going to be on Fox or Showtime because if it ain't DAZN, I'm assuming he's going to be sticking with Al Heyman's home of PBC and those are the two that it would be. Um, I don't really know where else it would factor in. He's not going to go to, unless he's going to swerve us all and go to ESPN to set up a Tyson Fury fight. But I will say (coughs) the two of them really misstepped on this thing because you know, for the longest time, I was talking about how they took the relevancy away from Anthony Joshua by fighting each other, and that their title fight was going to be the title fight everybody cared about, not AJ's. That's now swinging because Tyson Fury can't find a fight for his Vegas debut in June. You know, and the names that are being thrown out there are not impressive, so he's going to be like everybody else, taking on just dude you don't care about and Deontay Wilder's fighting Dominic Brazil a fight nobody really cares about and Anthony Joshua's going to be sitting here he's going to be taking on Jarrell Miller who is an opponent who can sell he's interesting he's a good character uh, and quite frankly is the most credible contender that either Deontay or Tyson Fury is facing so they really misstepped on not fighting each other not just one side or the other I do think that you know Tyson's was a a little bit more snakish in the way that he went about it but um that I mean I'm you know just looking at how this is all playing out and seeing how uh Deontay doesn't really have a a good answer for home, even with the big offers, and Tyson doesn't have an opponent for June that really tickles anybody's fancy. 
you know, they really put the ball back in Anthony Joshua's court. They really, they really put the power back in his hands. So I thought it was a big misstep by them. Thought it, was, thought it was a real misstep by them. Not as big a misstep as Conor McGregor getting arrested this week for smashing a dude's phone. Although that dude is, he's very fishy. Like all this, this stuff came out. It was funny enough. We were talking about this on the show on Monday about Conor McGregor. And how he's hanging out in Miami and, uh, he's been doing, you know, he went to like Hollywood ale house for proper 12. He's been down here just hanging out. Went to Miami Seaquarium, which only people from Ireland could think that's fun and make it look beautiful on Instagram. Um, went airboat riding and did the whole Miami thing. But we're just like, look, man, this dude with with his just magnet for trouble, there's no way that he's going to come down here. Spring break week, uh, mind you, and trouble's not going to find him. And sure enough, it did. Um, this fan seems like he was out from it from the get-go. So I hope Connor gets uh, gets scot-free of this dude. It seems like they were, their whole plan was to goad Connor into doing this, to smash his phone, to get him pissed off, to get a funny video to sell to TMZ. Dude was bragging about the money he was making and doing TMZ interviews and the video that was sold and all that stuff. It just reeks. You know, the same week that we had all the stuff that went down with Russell Westbrook and that boundary that athletes have and you know there's there's also a special level to that with fighters because you know they're people who settle things in, in a conflict world a physical conflict world and that their repercussions for doing any, doing anything to you just has a different inherit, uh, inheritance and interpretation with the media so i just found it all very bothersome with somebody doing that with conor mcgregor obviously you should keep his cool and a guy who's been in trouble with the law you would wish that he would walk away but you know, the guy's been partying with a lot of people publicly. He's been over at the Hard Rock. He's been Hollywood, all this stuff, and um, seemingly has had no incident. So I would say that if this led to this, that there was probably something that warranted it. They were probably teach, treating him like a zoo animal and badgering him, and that's probably what led to such a uh, physical altercation with the dude's phone getting smashed. You know, but... um it, it, it worried me because, you know, the guy has had law trouble down here. And the one thing I think is different for him as opposed to New York or Las Vegas is, you know, Connor's never going to fight here. So I don't think he has really any anything to worry about as far as the law wanting to, uh, wanted to ruin his athletic career. But... I will say the differences of this. I brought this up with David Avaye, who covers the story for the Miami Herald. He covers a lot of crime stories for the Miami Herald and does a great job. Um, because they don't have a real investment in his athletic career, it, it could a crime like this lead to them wanting to be a little bit more uh, strict? And he says, no, this is something that's probably going to be more settled than civil court, which it looks like it is. He, uh, he's already been sued by the guy unsurprisingly. Um, so I'm not apologizing for the behavior, but it just, uh, when I saw the details fall, fall out from the guy, I was like, ah, it stinks like a rat. It doesn't, it doesn't smell right. The thing that we're seeing here, it doesn't seem like something that's, that's, uh, completely on the level with what's going down. But 
Hey, man, look, Miami's undefeated. Connor, I don't know what to tell you. You come down here and things happen. Speaking of which, speaking of things happening, um, I was at the I was at the Dallas Stars game this past week. I was with Hawk and Crowder uh, from Five Sixty, and we were taking an old Dallas Stars game. And that same night, they had uh, Titan FC. Our guys over at Titan FC, Lex McMahon, and all their operation goes on. And you had XFN over the weekend too on. Uh, uh, over at the War Memorial Stadium, I'm a little uh, flummoxed on your results, guys, because I was at the uh, I was at the boxing match. So I'll catch up on all that stuff this week. But um, I saw the storyline because <coughs> I didn't see any of the results really, other than this that uh, they canceled the main event. It was so weird. They came from a standpoint where like Lex had to go into the cage and announce to everybody, "We're sorry that the commission has." disqualified Juan Puerta, our featherweight champion. And I guess what ended up happening was he, uh, he he peed for marijuana or cannabis or whatever the hell it was. And, you know, they, they basically wouldn't let him fight. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, oh this is so hypocritical because Titan FC, they had all these CBD ads. It's like... Yeah, I don't think, you know, Titan FC is not the one pulling the plug here. It's the state commission. Like, you know, you have only a few things that you can't do in, in competition. You can't be popping for drugs on your, your pee-pee test right before you fight. So, you know, look, I just met Juan. I just met him uh, that earlier that week in studio. Seems like a nice dude. Uh, very dedicated. And a lot of fighters smoke weed, man. A lot of athletes smoke weed for pain tolerance. These are people who beat each other up for a living. You know, that's another debate for another day. It just, it sucks that it happened. And it sucks that it happened in such a, you know, it is an embarrassing fashion because people are there to see a main event and you're not able to deliver on short notice. You handled it the best you can, but it, uh, but it stinks that it happened. So, you know, huge bone from that standpoint. Shout out to our guy, by the way, Harold Calderon. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's going to be back in the ring on Friday as King Calderon looks to go to. I always screw this up, Harold. I want to say you're going for 19 and 0, but he's looking to stay undefeated. Uh, Miami's own welterweight sensation. Hopefully, he can get in the mix one day for Errol Spence and all them guys. Uh, I think he's blossoming every time we see him out there. He continues to look really, really impressive. But if you guys are looking for some fight action this upcoming week, he is going to be fighting at the Mikisuki uh, Resorts and Gaming Casino. Is that what the official name is? Mikisuki. That's where he's going to be fighting on on Friday. So uh, so check him out. Get some tickets. Hit him up. Whatever it takes. So we got to get him in studio this week too. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Thanks for dealing with today's show from Dallas. And uh, I know it sounded different, but. Um, it was fun being out here. Thank you to Fox for sending us out here for the uh, for the card. It was a fun week. Uh, always enjoyed doing this, and uh, can't wait till the next one. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.